You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here again with Mr. Robert Solomon. Oh, man. Glad to be here. Pleasure. Um, it's nice and early in the morning. It's a good time to get the brain activity going. Thank you, Robbie, for having me on yet again. I look forward to our conversation today. So, dude, we just kind of hit on a topic that's actually really kind of interesting. So we both relatively get up pretty early in the morning. Um, I don't sleep a whole lot. Um, I don't know. Like you said, you don't really sleep a whole lot. No, sir. Now, there's a there's a theory that goes around that the people that are tend to be up at night while the others go to sleep. Now, do you know what this theory is? Um, I've heard different things like some I've heard different theories involving people that don't sleep very often. Like a lot of them are geniuses because they tend to stay up late, but then they get up early because their brain's always trying to formulate something. It's always trying to learn. It's always trying to like solve problems that it might have in its daily life. Oh man, that brings in a whole new thing. Maybe I'm actually really educated. Who would have known? No, <laughs> the thought of night watchers. So I don't know if you know a whole lot of what night watchers are, but they're basically back in the hunter and gatherer days. They're actually the, the people that would watch over the group while they slept. Hmm. Like night patrol, you know, right, you, right. cougar comes out of the woods. Next thing you know, there's at least a couple people warning everybody while everyone else is sleeping. Cause I mean, there's, I think I've discovered two types of people in my life. One, the ones that like being kind of up and around and social with everyone during the day. And then there's the people that tend to do their best work at night. Um, that work a lot of night shift jobs, bar positions, uh, mostly because they feel like either they can't communicate with the average everyday people on the basis of they seem might they might be a little bit too draining. I know um, we talked a lot about paranormal, supernatural type things, yep. uh, a high level of empathy. Um, you know, I think everyone experiences it at different rates, especially when, you know, you've been in a conversation with someone and it feels like it's not going anywhere and you honestly feel drained after the conversation. Yep. Yep. It's, I feel like those, the people that are up at night, such as the ones I encounter at the gym at like two o'clock in the morning, they're too smart to have a conversation like you were saying, or they just don't feel like hassling with people. Um, it makes sense. I mean, I do a lot of my best work sometimes really early in the morning. I'll go to the grocery store, not have to wait in lines, right? be able to go up and down the aisles. I mean, before we did this at the bright and bushy morning, before the sun even rises up, I was already, I hit the gym and then I went to the grocery store. I got most nice. of my stuff done so I can just nice. chill for the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm kind of like you, man. If, if I could do it, I would go to the gym at like, you know, four thirty, five thirty. My gym doesn't open till five thirty, um, so I, 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 I'll try to do that. Like here in probably the next couple of weeks, just start trying to have like a Saturday gym routine because I really don't have a Saturday gym routine. Saturdays and Sundays are usually my my rest days. Um, I uh, <clears throat> I messed what's my shoulder up a little bit benching. What's a rest day? I don't know what a rest. Day. <laughs> um, I messed my shoulder up benching um, a couple months back, so I've been rehabbing it. 
like trying to really work steady to get it back where it is. And it just finally, I just finally was able to get back to uh, my goal of bench pressing 300 pounds. Um, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm getting back into the like 200 levels now that I, that I was, was at pretty well, pretty deep into 200. Um, and then I messed my shoulder up. So I had to rehab it. And like, now I just do whole shoulder days. Like I'll do a whole day of just shoulders instead of trying to cram stuff in. And, um, I would like to be able to get into that gym bright and early. Cause usually the, the only people that are there at five 30 in the morning are, uh, the old folks. There's not a lot of younger, younger folks there. They hit around like four o'clock, five o'clock, you know, yeah. after school. And so. my, my, uh, since I've been going every day, my, uh, kind of time changes went all the way around the clock, um, for the past couple of years. And, you know, once you're doing like seven days a week, you switch over to isolating certain muscle groups on certain days. There's no chest right. and back. There is back day. There is chest day. There's right. leg day. And um, mostly just because you can, when your arms can't move, you got to switch over to legs that day. Right, right, right. right. <clears throat> yeah, I tend to, uh, um, because of my hectic schedule, um, I don't have the the weekends to do that kind of stuff because I'm usually working around the house or uh, – fixing some stuff up or trying to get things running around here, you know, especially with fall here, I'm doing a lot of gutter cleaning, a lot of yard maintenance and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's something else when you have to incorporate that, you know, and then you have family life and stuff like that. So it, all right. So I, you host the uncanny earth. Okay. Now yes, sir. you yes. talk to all types of people. You've talked to the people that go into the paranormal, the people that go into everything under the sun that is involved in this wonderful earth that we lived in. And I was happy enough to be, um, on one of your episodes. Uh, we talked about China's social credit score. Yes, sir. Have you been seeing more of this happen in the news recently? So <clears throat> I've been seeing a lot of like, and, and I, you know, this is something I, I've seen coming for a while. I've seen a lot of like just social media crackdowns on like freedom of speech. And I know that people will say, well, it's not freedom of speech because it's owned by a corporate or a corporation. Um, they can make their own laws on the social media aspect. But um, I've noticed a lot of like, and I, and I hate to use the, the this buzzword, but shaming from people that have differing opinions. Uh, and I'm seeing that quite frankly, and I'm seeing careers get ruined. I see a lot of people that because they don't have the same opinion you do, they'll be like, call this job and get him fired. And I'm just like, it's really weird. Um, seeing like this, 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 so this, like, uh, like just hatred of people and like trying to take their lives away from them you know, type of, of, of social media, I guess, like the whole policing of social media. Now with China um, <clears throat> and the whole Hong Kong aspect and our, uh, like the NBA here and just like they're protecting, they're sticking up for China, like, you know, this, that, and the third. And it's like, we're not going to, China's like, we're not going to have games in your country anymore. And it's a mess, man, to be perfectly honest with you. It is an absolute mess. Well, the world's shifting, I think, you know, <clears throat> I'm obsessed with kind of like the primal nature of people in a way, because I've, I've talked about it before. There's a primal thing in us all to care for one another, but it gets misplaced with, with what I call a little kind of false uh, personality trait that is given to us by the adopted society we've created today. And mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's like, Oh, we need to start a revolution, but I'm watching so many people start to be more aware of things nowadays. And I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I'm not talking about all those wonderful little things that you 
end up finding later in your life and feel like you've been lied to. But right. I'm talking about there is a thing going on now where we're not caring about one another anymore. And it's becoming very, very popular where people are starting to now notice it more. And I think we've become numb to it. Um, you know, I've podcasted since the last time we talked with a lot of people and hearing different experiences and understandings of everyone's kind of view on the world. It seems like the question that always usually gets brought up is why are we choosing to be so selfish as people? Maybe not me and you specifically, but the common man seems to not care about their common man anymore. And I think it's just because we've hit an age now where we we are a little bit suppressed as people when it comes to certain things, obviously. Um, creativity is still very, very suppressed, even though we have many, many outlets for us to get our creativity, inspiration, or kind of spark out there. But it seems like it's still kind of censored. So it's a little bit of what I would call limited creativity. Well, what I've noticed, like you said, is is it's the we live in a society of materialism and anytime you have materialism and, and that's not to just, that's not to start this whole capitalism, socialism type thing. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this innate sense that a lot of people have to acquire more and more and more and doing whatever it takes to acquire it. Um, and once you start down that path, you'll push people out of the way. Um, we see it with black Friday sales. Um, excuse me. We see it with, um, the latest iPhone, you know, I got to have this, I got to have the latest and greatest. Uh, so I'll do whatever it takes to get it. Um, and then when they have it, they brag about it. Like, Oh, I got this brand new phone. Well, that phone doesn't really cost as much as you're paying for it to make. Um, it's made by some slave labor in a third world country somewhere. Uh, so, you know, you're being a bit of a hypocrite, but they don't care because we're at a point in our society um, and I like to call it a vain society because you see it on social media all the time. You see all these people that take pictures of themselves 24-7. There's a thing called um, social media influencers, uh, Instagram models, things like that. So we're just becoming more vain. And the more vain you become, the less you care about your fellow man. You know, <clears throat> there's no sense to, to sort of take care of the next person if you don't have to. We don't have that in our society. And uh, I think a large thing that plays a role of that is because we are not a homogenized society, you know, like in, in countries like Japan or anywhere where you're going to have people like a specific set of people that, that are that outnumber, you know, like your minority groups um, in Japan, they tend to take better care of each other. There's more of a respect aspect to the, to the, to the country here. There's just, you know, because we don't have a homogenized society, white, black, Asian, uh, Latino, you have all all colors of the rainbow in this in this country. So you don't have that sense of duty to your fellow man. You don't have that sense of loyalty because the first off, we don't look the same. So we look at somebody else and you're like, well, you're not the same color I am. So I don't have any loyalty, loyalty. To you. Well, that's why government uh, projects, <clears throat> all these experiments, they happen in another third world country or something. Right. Because it's so easily done to experiment on somebody that doesn't look anything like you. Right. And really there, you know, it depends on your experimentation too. Like stuff here is more of like, uh, you know, media influencing and social media influencing. Uh, instead of it being a physical 
experimentation, unless you started getting into big pharma and foods and what they put in food, a lot of the experimentations that we have that are done to us are more through social media are through, you know, because the media can twist something up so much and, you know, you'll see that one saying that's on every single uh, news, they'll, they'll say the same thing. And, and I've seen this, I've seen it done. I've seen it recorded. Um, I've seen it with my local news where I'll turn on NBC, ABC, CBS, and they have their own local affiliates. Uh, and they'll all say the same sentence. It'll all be the exact same sentence. So somebody is feeding them that. And then if you look at studies where they've taken television and they'll put somebody in front of a television for so many hours of watching just dumb programming, sitcoms or what, what have you, um, and then test them, they see that they, like their intelligence will drop from, you know, when, before the, when they took the test before watching television and then they show them, you know, they, they have them watch television with commercials, uh, with the most just uneducated programming possible. And in our day and age, that's pretty much almost everything on TV is just trash. You know, um, I mean, I always brought up the question, why, who was ever the person that would take the time to do a census test? Like one of those uh, surveys, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like honestly, who, who really sits there and fills out a survey when it comes to your door, gets sent in the mail? No, you throw that right in the trash. And I realized that was the old school way of trying to find what the audience was after. Now it seems like media does it in a way where we don't even glance over it anymore. Um, advertisements, entrepreneurship, all these amazing things that have been able to come out and get us, you know, aware of what's going on around us seem now that we're not even really, I guess, looking for an advertisement anymore. It just shows up and we gloss over it. It just imprints into our brain mm -hmm. now. I mean, how many times do you look up something on your phone, the next thing you know, you're getting an advertisement for that exact thing. Or <clears throat> you're talking about it on the phone with a, with a friend of yours. Like, hey, I need to run out to Home Depot. I got to get some, uh, you know, some roofing tiles. I'm replacing my roof. Next thing you know, Facebook has an ad for, you know, a roofer in your area. And they're like, do you need your roof replaced? So they're definitely listening into your conversations and then tailor tailoring your conversations, your lifestyle. They, they tailor that to you through your social media. You know, I've, it's happened to me. I'll, I'll be looking up something next thing you know, and I'll be on the, on the, on the laptop looking it up and then I'll go through my phone. Boom. There's an ad for something I looked up on the laptop. So it's all connected. You know, it, it is connected. Do you think now with social media, okay, if I was going to throw this uh, kind of rating system onto it, do you think one is meaning good and 10 right. meaning bad? Where do you think <clears throat> we land on with what's going on with technology now? I would say we're at least a seven in terms of bad. All right. I was going to, I was going to say six for sure. So that we're in the ballpark here. I like right. that. Right. Um, because now it's not technology that's really helping people. Social media to me is one of the worst inventions in our time. It's just, I mean, I, I understand the good um, of it. I do. I understand, you know, there's people in other countries that have dictatorships and they're trying to get it out and social media is a good way to do that, but that's overshadowed by you know your your so-called instagram influencers and your so-called cancel culture um you know they get in and the bullying like i that's one thing i don't understand because i grew up in a time where if somebody bullied you just punched them in the face you know you, you put hands on them because that's how people have to learn like hum humanity has a weird like they got to learn the hard way 
type of thing. And well, people- once you got into a fight or something, you've got your ass kicked. It wasn't on video, you know, right. You didn't go World star. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, it didn't hit you like in your forties or whatever, like 30 years right. after, like, you, you know, there's kids nowadays that aren't are afraid to do anything because that video could pop up two, three years later than everyone's talking about it again. It doesn't just die and get forgotten. Right. That right. Week. And I mean, <clears throat> we see that a lot with, with, uh, with some of your more famous folks where videos will resurface um the uh, the prime minister of canada was caught doing blackface and that video was out or that picture was out and it resurfaced like a couple months ago so i mean you know with 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 the with the internet and that's probably the greatest invention of our of our lifetime is the internet it's it's the the greatest thing that's probably ever happened in terms of of our timeline um and on the tail end of that it's one of the worst because of things like Facebook, because of, you know, the dark web and, and the Silk Road and things like that. Um, but like you said, you could get into a fight back in the day and you could punch somebody in the face and it's not going to show up later. Um, today, everybody's filming it. Everybody has a camera on their phone. And it's funny because when we were talking about the social credit score, there's basically snitches that will take pictures and they'll, they'll call on their neighbors and we're doing it here but we're doing it freely. We're doing it. Oh, there's a tragedy. Let me whip my phone out so I can film it. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's on the news or it's flying around social media. Um, and, and that what you're doing really, to be honest with you, is you're helping a surveillance state because there's cameras everywhere you go. Um, you know, you go to the bank, which makes sense. I, I want cameras to be at the bank. You know, if my money's in there, I want it, you know, I want that to be protected. But uh, you go to your local Dunkin' Donuts, there's a camera. You go to your thrift store, there's a camera. And I mean, that, that's something that's been pretty prevalent for years. But, you know, now that they're on street corners, they're at, uh, at, your, at your traffic stops, you know, so they can get you for speeding or what have you. But what they've done is they've made it so cool to take all these pictures and video and put it up on social media. So what you're doing now is you're helping the state um, uh, watch your fellow man and they don't have to do it. And you're doing it because you want to do it. Like, yeah, man, I took this video of this lady screaming racist epithets in the front of the CVS. And I'm like, so you're just showing the ugly side of humanity. And, and they they promote that. They promote the living heck out of, out of that. The more negative the, 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 the action is, the more, the more views it receives, the more notoriety it, it receives. And it kind of reminds me of when people say, uh, when they're reviewing a business, you know, and one bad experience, that person will tell everybody and their brother. A good experience, and they might tell three or four people. So it's kind of the same situation. A bad experience, you know, that'll fly through the internet. You know, you say, you, say you're, you're, like I said, that lady that was screaming racial epithets. She, that video, um, and, and the video was funny because there's a guy that walks by and you can tell the guy's like, he's had enough of today. Like he's, he's probably, he's probably going to get some, he's probably got a baby on the way or something. He's just fed up. He just walks by the lady and goes, <laughs> he goes, Hey lady, give it a break. <laughs> like, you know, we as a society are so desensitized to the tomfoolery of other human beings that we're just like, can you just shut up for a little bit? Like I'm trying to get through life the best I can. And you're just getting on every last nerve I have. Well, and the, the funny thing is we, uh, 
as people have this uh, human characteristic to want to be aware of all um, dangers and surroundings mostly. Right. Um, but that gets blinded when our surroundings and information we get leaked to all the stuff that the media plays. Because now, before you used to just look up in your local newspaper, see what was going on, and it would tell you all the problems going on in your area. Now right. you're getting problems that are going all the way across the globe that aren't <clears throat> affecting you right here, but mm -hmm. they're affecting your mind because it's showing you what's happening out there, what you should be aware of, which is creating possible outcomes in your mind to act a different way when you walk out right. into society. This is all a problem with surveillance. I'm not a big camera guy. I'm not yeah, any me either. I'm not a big type of guy that wants to get Alexa in his house and everything. <clears throat> and it all started after, you know, the incident, 9-11. Whenever that happened, we had yep. an act that was passed that seems like it impinges on a lot of freedoms, even though it's supposed to be designed designed to help um, fight that from an incident like that from occurring again. So it's called right. the Patriot Act. Right. And I don't know if you're too specifics on the uh, Patriot Act. Oh, I but, sure am. But I the sure main am. one that is of concern is Title II. Um, yep. Title II Enhanced Surveillance and Procedures. I mean, if you just look at the Patriot Act titles, Title I is Enhancing Domestic Security Against Terrorism. If someone read that to you, you'd be like, I'm 100% for that. Terrorism is bad. But then it seems like as the titles increase, it starts to get a little bit sketchy. And when I mean sketchy, let's go to title two, enhanced surveillance procedures. Okay, um, reading that, I would agree with it for sure. We should do that. But is anybody going to sit there and actually figure out what they mean by enhanced surveillance procedures? Does that mean that they can incorporate cameras into my homes with my, without my consent? Right. Does that mean this can go this way? This can go that way? No, because that would be against your freedoms. You never ask that question though. You're just, right. you're, you're automatically assuming that it's only for public places for your protection. You never assumed if they're going to actually install something into your house. Right, right. That, and that, I mean, it, it <clears throat> takes it to a whole new level. Well, think about it like this, too. They don't even have to install in your house. You go by the latest TV, there's a camera in it, there's a microphone in it. They're listening to you and filming you regardless. All you've done is just given them the access to do it. But here's the thing you're already doing it for them, anyways, when you post pictures. And, you know, I, I post pictures on social media mostly because I'll be out with, I'll be out on, um, doing some uncanny earth work and I'll be meeting some folks that are in the field that I, that I, uh, that I work in. And yeah, I want to get a picture of them and I want other folks to see, Hey, you know what? This person's cool. Make sure you support them. And that's what I do. I'm a firm believer in promoting people that, that, uh, I, 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 I like working with like yourself, you know, every Friday your, uh, your, your page goes on my, you know, in the group. I want people to, to follow you. I want people to listen to your show. Um, but, on the flip side of that, people are so ingrained now to whip out the camera and start taking pictures instead of enjoying the moment or because they want to take that drama, like you said, world star and all that, um, <clears throat> that we're doing the surveillance for the state. And yes, when you read the Patriot Act and me and you, we're, we're, there's very few of us, right. In terms of, of the overall population. Um, I, I surround myself with people that think out of the blank, that think, you know, I love that you just did that, <laughs> that, um, that, that don't, you know, that question, you know, that like you, like you said, for anybody else, yeah, I want to be protected from the terrorism. Me, you've read, if you read that to me, I'm like, well, now that just means they're going to try to watch us more. 
because they'll do it under the guise of terrorism. And here's the thing. And I was thinking about this while you were talking about the, the need for, for safety. Um, the, what they do with the argument is, so they'll say, oh, you don't want to be watched, but what happens if your neighbor's house gets broken into? Or what if such and such gets sexually assaulted? Or what if such and such gets murdered? Now we have evidence to prosecute them. And so you'll drum up that, that fear. And the, the easiest way to play on, on public is, the, is fear, is to say, oh, we can start catching more criminals. But what they don't tell you is, now they can watch everything you do, every single solitary thing. So you'll never get privacy. Well, it, it scares me because um, me you see you see a lot of people now going on Amazon and installing home security systems. It seems like that's a very popular thing. If you go onto Amazon right now, it's going to tell you top deals are for some home security systems. Yep. And if we look through even farther into the Patriot Act, title is it? I think it's six says providing for victims of terrorism, public safety officers and their families. Okay. Now you hear the family side of it. You hear the public safety yep. officer side of it and you hear victims of terrorism, yep. but who's labeling these people as terrorists is the first place. Yep. Cause What's- terrorism is basically just acts that have a political connotation, violent acts that have a political con- connotation to them. Um, and that well, could be you're you're a, you're you're technically a terrorist if you um, speak out in a movie theater while it's playing. Yep, that's a form of terrorism to the civil rights of someone supposed to be paying perfectly good money to watch a movie. All right, so now this seems like the line for terrorism. Everyone has this kind of stamped view in their brain as being a bomber or some type of insane terroristic act right. that we've had in our past. When now terrorism has become so new age, where you can call anybody a terrorism if they just disagree with your opinions. Right, and and the definition here I pulled it up for us: the unlawful use of violence and intimidation, especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. That is such a broad definition of a word that can ruin somebody's life. You know, you're a terrorist. You're, and, and the reason they, they'll call you a terrorist because you have different political ideas than them. And maybe you yelled once and they thought that that was, a, that was intimidation. So um, are, are we already in a social credit system? It seems like it seems oh, yeah. like we're already pretty being pretty monitored. We just don't have the label of being in a social credit system. China just seems like, hey, we're doing this because we're already living it anyway. Let's just have a new name for it and not keep the public to a blind eye. I mean, right. Title seven seems to be the one that I have the most kind of problem with because it says literally increased information sharing for critical infrastructure protection. Mm-hmm. Okay, me on my first kind of analysis, if someone read me that off a piece of paper, so it's like, oh, you're trying to create like a better government, like a better security system for our government, like build more infrastructure by getting more information, more kind of data for us to be able to look at. Okay, well, as we've noticed coming into, you know, it's 20, we're heading into 2020. It seems like now the primary things that are mostly running our government now are strong leading corporations, such as Google, such as, um, you know, all these mass kind of selling advertisement, whatever uh, giant corporations seem now that they're very involved into what the government is doing. And it seems like the government now, you know, they have a Google home, they have an Alexa, they have a version of this that does the same exact thing and still gets their data sent somewhere or stored somewhere. So now when you're saying increase the information sharing for critical infrastructure protection, you're basically saying we're going to make Google and all these other types of businesses bigger and better 
Yep. And, and look at uh, look at Title Five, removing obstacles to investigating terrorism. Am I an obstacle? I have no clue. What, who deems me an obstacle? Yes. Well, you might not be the, you might you might not be the obstacle. You might be the terrorist. I just want to be a popsicle. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a pop star. That's all. I just want to say. <laughs> I'm a Barbie girl in my Barbie world. <laughs> Wrapped in plastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know that song. I know fool. I'm telling you, man, it's <laughs> if you start to look at anything very, very detailed and actually choose to question it, you start to question it a lot and be like, wait a minute, is anybody else reading this? Is anybody else actually paying attention to what is getting passed on around us? No, because they have to be home in time for the latest episode of Dancing with American Idols, or they have to be on the latest uh, racism trend of, you know, and, and the, the media is really funny. Like, you know, they, they make it to where you know, you get a lot of these people that'll go crazy over over white folks. They'll say all oh, this craziness about white folks. But if that same thing was said about other folks, it would be craziness. It'd be craziness. But see, they do that not because they they want this big backlash. What they want is the so that division. So they'll keep the division going. And what better way than just make it a white and black issue or a white and whatever issue? Because they people look different. So they'll just throw that out there. Then they have drama that that pretty much involves that. They'll put characters out there that say racist things. Then what they'll do then, they'll just keep people's f- eyes focused on that. They'll keep people's conversations focused on that, right? Then they'll start passing little bills under your nose. They'll start passing these little different laws. Oh, here's a new tax. Where does the, where does the money go to? Oh, don't worry about that. Here's a latest episode of racist mcgee says racist things oh my gosh i gotta get home in time for that does he do dancing and does he sing too he sure does oh man i can't wait for next week's episode um, you said dancing with american idols and i immediately yeah. you blended like two shows together <laughs> i did dancing with I the did. stars and then american <laughs> idol i immediately thought of simon cowell being like you suck at dancing and you suck at singing i'm like damn he can't do anything <laughs> you can't. You're terrible as a human being, um, and and so what they'll do is they'll do that. They'll throw that out there because drama sells, man. I mean, drama is like the biggest thing that sells. Reality TV has exploded since I was a kid. Like Survivor, now, what really did that, and then boom, everything is reality. TV. Did you hear my theory on reality television? I would like to hear it now. Um, it's on the basis of when you don't have conflict in your everyday life, you go and look for it somewhere else. Oh, that makes sense. So that like, you, sense. You, 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 I'm pretty sure everybody has a day where like, it feels like nothing happened, like extra out of the ordinary. There was no interaction with people such as like, there was no conflict at the store. There was no problem. You just went to work, uh, whatever worked, uh, not dealing with anybody or went to school, no problems arise. Then you kind of came home and you felt like you were a little bit empty. You know, you feel like the, the 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 tank was at like half. You still had a whole bunch left. So you go and you turned on the television and you went and watched like Jersey Shore. You went and watched something that had conflict in it. And I think that's why reality television is so popular, because when you don't have conflict in your everyday life, you go and look for it somewhere else. And, and, I, and I could definitely see that me myself. I, hey, if I don't have conflict for the day. It's a good day. I'm just going to kick back and relax. 
Um, and, and I do enjoy some drama, not reality TV. That's if that's trash to me, but you know, shows like power or, uh, the, uh, the new season of the man in the high castle, which is amazing. Uh, starts this, this coming Friday, a week from yesterday. And I'm a hype because it's the final season. And, uh, it, it's a, it's a really awesome, like look into what happened if Nazi Germany and Japan won the war and, and America didn't and America got nuked. Oh, so you're talking about operation, um, cherry blossoms at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, it plays on that timeline. And so Japan gets the Pacific part of the United States. So like California and Oregon and, and places like that. And then Germany gets New York because Washington's been nuked. So Washington's pretty much a dumpster fire um, or DC, I should say, not the state. Uh, so they have New York and they control that. They control the Eastern seaboard. And then the middle of the country is a neutral zone. So that's where everybody goes to the middle to kind of me and there's a lot of like political intrigue and a lot of stuff dealing with the the occult aspect of the nazis a lot of time like there, there's a time travel kind of a thing and films that show what happens if it's the there's films that show our timeline of us winning world war ii the flag oh my god up Jima. robert you're bringing me into this way too early in the morning and i'm about to dive full on and thank you so much you just gave me the open window for this so i have this like i'm all you know all about like the conspiracy not really things but more of the government programs that are true the stuff that we kind of built our system on a kind of a shaky foundation yes sir the problem is not the government okay the problem is that people are the problem now there are beautiful everybody is beautiful and wonderful in their own unique way but we have this adopted nature to us where we choose to not care about our individual man anymore we tend to just want to get something for ourselves we live in an entrepreneur world now and it seems like everybody just wants a piece of something everybody wants to leave a legacy everybody wants and that's damn right true but when it comes to people run the government now you're putting your faith the government is not the problem it's what that people run the government <clears> such <throat> as you put your faith in a system that you believe to be red white and blue Okay, now let's kind of look at that a little bit more closely. Who's involved in the red, white, and blue government? When you say the government, who are you talking about? Well, there's multiple branches, but there's people that run that. And people tend to be a little bit easily slide when money gets pushed along their way. Sadly, that's the people we've choose to elect, but that's how the kind of the world is honestly running at some points. Um, nobody ever wants to believe in a shadow society, a shadow government, all these types of things. But is it really out of the realm the possibility to think that your freedoms are actually pretty damn limited when it comes to a lot of things that you're may not be actually making the choices you feel like you're doing on your own man that's a heavy thing to to think about um i would have to agree with you in uh in one aspect that you know the government isn't the problem it's the people allowing the government to be the problem you know like we're pretty lazy about it. You know, we, uh, we go out and vote, but that's about it. A lot of people don't take time to go sit on city council meetings. Um, and that's the lowest form of government is your local government. And that's where you, you know, you want the, the change to take place. The top, there's more red tape. There's more this, there's more that. Um, <clears throat> so really, you know, you want to start local, but to be honest, man, like the, the, the government itself only becomes the problem when the people let the government grow to a, a monstrous size. Um, it's, it's, it's very, it's very weird. 
Well, there's always two things. Um, this is my little bit of a theory that I'm actually seeing since the very first time I started podcasting, I've had this little theory. And I actually recently something came out about with the Vatican where five priests were arrested and documents were seized. Um, there's been two things in the world that the government has always been afraid of. And one of them, they never, ever bothered to question or bother to even touch because it was way too strong. It was older than government. And that was religion. Another one, the most common one that is easily kind of divisible, but one, probably one of the most powerful is people. When the people choose to question, the government gets a little bit scared. Okay. So, but our attention is easily divided our attention can be put somewhere else, such as a vaping crisis, such as a whatever gets played in the media so much where everyone seems like this is the problem we need to focus on, we need to eliminate this, and a bunch of campaigns come out of this. If anybody actually decides to be like, why is this becoming so popular? And why are people like, like at the at the stake with it why are we all like lighting torches right now maybe someone else should check on what somebody else is doing right not not people but the government like what are they doing right now and why is this random thing being such a popular topic now and then you look and you find that the government is doing something that nobody is looking at because our attention is divided somewhere else when the people start to question the government gets scared, but they can easily take our attention into something else. But the government has never been able to touch religion. It's never even bothered. It's like, that's no, 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 that's, that's dark territory. That's restricted content. We don't go over there because that's just bigger hassle. If you mess with the church, you mess with a lot of things, you know, that you mm-hmm. also mess with the people. So when they went into the Vatican and they arrested five priests and they took a bunch of documents that were seized, and this was just a couple months ago, this has never, ever happened before. We have never seen the government ever test religion. And I think now it's becoming at a point, and this is why I say people are pro-Trump. Trump is trying to pass immigration. A lot of hardcore Christians, a lot of hardcore religious folk, um, they are pro-Trump for one specific reason, that he's putting up walls. It's not on the dehumanization of people, but it's the idea that now that we're having all these other populations come in here, we're not seeing Christianity and being Catholic as a dominant religion anymore. Even now, there's about a 35% of the population, like most of them millennials, are now don't have a religion. They don't know what to believe in. They choose to believe in fact rather than a belief in some omnificent being. So Christianity is at a low point compared to what it's been throughout history. You know, it's that's why they're pro Trump, because he's going to stop all these other religions from entering our country, where it gives a whole new grasp or a whole new variety of different religions in America and whole. Well, if too, if we look at it, a lot of the um, <clears throat> immigrants that are coming from Mexico that are coming from some of these uh, South American countries are, in fact, Catholic. But what they do is they'll infuse um, the the traditions, their local traditions, kind of like what we do, kind of like what Europe did. Um, they'll infuse some of their local traditions, i.e. like Santa Muerte, the, the bony lady, the patron saint of death, which has been outlawed by the Catholic Church because they view it as... Uh, Excuse me. They view it as being kind of evil because uh, Santa Muerte is a. It's a. So she looks like a nun, but it's a skeleton. It's a skeleton with like a. Uh, I don't want to say a nun, but I'm gonna say like a. a she's a hooded figure, um, and <clears throat> they leave her offerings like she's the so she's the patron saint of drug dealers, 
because they leave her offerings like cigarettes or liquor or what have you. And she protects them. And then there's like a, a whole thing. There's a subculture of it, that's right, which I was, was fascinating. I, I studied it um, a couple years back and that was outlawed by the Catholic church. But when these, when the immigrants come over, they bring that. And, and this is, this isn't something that's new. I think the biggest the, the religion that's afraid of that the most is Islam because Islam is such a strict adherent to a specific code. There's no room for any sort of anything else to be pushed in to it. And that's why you see places like Iran. That's why you see um, predominantly led Islamic countries not have free speech, not have first amendment, not have uh, second amendment type of things because they feel like if, all it takes is that spark. And this is this is a good point here, too, that you had brought up. When the government is actually infused with religion, when the government is basically a religion itself, <clears throat> the people don't question it. Because usually if that if the government itself is a religion, like Catholicism, did you know that the the actual Vatican is its own country? It has its own courts. Yeah. It has yeah, its own military. Nobody, nobody questions that universe. one, right? Nobody questions nobody says the Vatican and, is its own country. And that thing could be invaded easily. It's not like it's a gigantic country, but there's so many Catholics in the world that all they would have to do is say, oh my gosh, our, our, our holy city um, is under attack. you know. And then so what happens is, you know, because there's 1.2 billion, roughly, Catholics in the world. Um, and 40% of those, they live in Latin America. So that's why, you know, you're seeing that. But 1.2 billion Catholics. Now, I think there's around a billion people that, that follow Islam. And, and, uh, and, and the thing with Catholicism is, and Islam, is they all have like a central location. With Islam being Mecca, with the with the um, not the Kabbalah, I, I messed this up last time. I was talking to, to Spider. Everybody knows Spider, my co-host. Um, the Kaaba, the the giant uh, square shaped black meteorite, or that that encompasses the meteorite that people are that Muslims are supposed to travel to once in their lifetime to make that pilgrimage to go see it. The same thing with the Vatican, right? The only difference is the Vatican is just a small country and, you know, Islam has a, has a larger uh, political base. But when it comes to religion and it comes to government, when the two are mixed, it's almost like tree roots that are planted so deep, you can't rip those out. Well, what's weird is <clears throat> I've podcasted with people that are priests and I've podcasted with people that are masters in philosophy who end up losing their faith. And mm -hmm. it seems like the main question and the sides that I've noticed with talking to these people were when you're involved in it and when you're agreeing to what they agree with, you're in the group. But once you start bringing up a question, once you start bringing up things, they, they isolate you. They want you out yep. of the group. Yeah. Um, from a personal experience I heard, he was talking about how he started to bring up questions after reading the Bible over and over and over again, then going over into the Quran and then reading all these other types of uh, religious literature. And he started bringing up questions and asking about certain scenarios and certain things that were depicted in the book. And immediately, instead of getting an answer, uh, besides like, you know, you know, just believe or whatever, when he started bringing up more and more questions, they 
pulled him aside and let him know that it, they, he was no longer allowed to be at the church on mm-hmm. the question that he was messing and infringing onto other people's beliefs. Um, it seems like we're creating a, a, what, when it comes to religion, I do say, you know, there's a benefit to it. And there's also a little bit of questioning that should be involved because as humans, we're naturally curious. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's now went from the original good belief form to what it used to be to turning into what I would call a hive, a hive community or hive society. Yeah. Um, we live in a world, our education system, our working system, anything that is systematic in our life is now seemed to be structured to pump out this templated person of a gym that works in nine to five. Now I know you and I know myself pretty well. We're not the person that can sit in an office all day and work nine to five every single day without wanting to bash our head against the wall on the concept of our brain is hardwired a little bit differently. I, I talk about the education system could easily be fixed if they just at the time the kids reached middle school to almost maybe high school, you gave them a test and said, what would you like to learn if we could give you these specific things? Gives you 100 to 200 topics, whether it comes to computer analysis, whatever. If you choose a bunch of computer stuff, throw them in computer classes, okay? Don't give him a, don't give him wood shop. Don't give him things he's not going to enjoy and he's not going to want to learn. He's going to fail the class. Give him something or give her something that they're going to want to do. Yeah, and and that makes sense, you know. Um because standardized testing is 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 what ruins children. They stop that curiosity early. They don't want you to your child to know about certain things, certain events that have happened. There's things that I didn't know about well until I graduated high school. And I was not a uh, I was a pretty poor student in high school because high school wasn't about learning. It was about clicks. It was about it, it was more of a social test than it was a test of your mental faculties. And for me, it wasn't well until after. Uh, right, right before I started college, because I, I, I was always a reader. I was always well read. I always loved history. I always understood how things worked. But the problem was, school, high school wasn't designed to teach you knowledge. It was designed to see how you fare in a small population, so that they can prepare you for the big population of the world. It showed you how you know how do you deal with bullies, with peer pressure, this, that, and the third. And there was little time for books. Now, of course, you always have those folks that just somehow they got out of high school without having to deal with the the peer pressures and the social aspect of high school. You know, they, they were able to keep to their studies and they didn't get bothered too much um, and they didn't fall into those trappings. Uh, but many, many folks, especially nowadays with the, with the bullying going up crazily, um, it seems like they want you less questioning and more accepting is, is what I would say. They want you to accept things and not question them. Um, and, and you bring up a good point with, with religion having a hive mind. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I was a, uh, well, I wasn't, but I went to a lot of free will Baptist churches um, growing up because that's what we were. And we were Baptists when I was, when I was young. And then my, <clears throat> we started understanding how the church worked and that didn't, shake my faith in God whatsoever. It just showed me how human beings are and what happens when human beings get power. And the one thing that religion gives to people 
good or bad, is power. You know, that's why you have, if you ever notice, um, many times in churches, the, the, the main focus, of course, is the pastor. And so they'll set him up and then it surrounds and people will hang off every word. I went to a church out in Cuyahoga Falls um, that, that is a, it's more apostolic. And by apostolic, they do a lot of speaking in tongues, a lot of uh, laying of hands. And the, uh, the crazy thing is, so in the Bible, it says you're supposed to have a, an interpreter because all tongues were, they weren't a bunch of gibberish that people spoke. That's what they do in these apostolic churches. They'll just speak a bunch of gibberish. But what it was is, so say you're from, uh, say you're from Asia Minor and I'm from Greece and we don't speak the same language. Speaking in tongues was meant to be so that you could understand what I was saying if I was preaching. It wasn't some just random gibberish quoted off like they do at these churches where they wail and they fall on the floor and do all this and, and just put on a show. It was meant to be for people who didn't ha- speak the same language. Well, I asked about that. I said, you know, you got these people speaking this language um, and it's no language I've ever heard. And, you know, I'm not an, a, a, a linguistics expert. I couldn't tell you all the languages of the world but I kind of know gibberish when I hear gibberish. And I asked him about that. I said, you know, it says you're supposed to start speaking and, you know, you're supposed to translate. You're supposed to have somebody that sits off to the side with a, with a microphone or what have you and kind of says that in their language or if they're speaking in another language, like they do with the UN with the headphones. Uh, that was immediately just shot down. Like it was immediately cut off. They threw me some nonsense. And from that point on, I was like, okay, this is, this isn't for me. This isn't because if you're already, if you're already telling people don't question that, and that's really minute, really, to be honest with you, but they're telling you don't, don't question that. Leave that alone. Okay. You've already isolated me. I'm good. I'm good. It didn't shake my, my faith or my foundation and actually built it up stronger, you know, because you're supposed to discern, you're supposed to try to see, okay, who, Who's, who's speaking the word and who is over here just trying to make money off of it? And some allegations came out that he would, that the, that the head guy was doing some things with, with, uh, with younger men. Uh, and, and a lot of that didn't come to fruition in terms of like prosecution and things like that. Cause it was so far in the past that it was really just a bunch of, he say, she say, but we knew people, me and me and a buddy of mine knew people that went to this church that these things happened to all in the power of religion. And that's the thing. Religion is so powerful, like you said, our government won't touch it because of the mental power that it holds over people. You know, if they would invade the Vatican tomorrow, you would have riots in the streets, you'd have uprisings. So, and, and I'm sure these people cleared this with the Pope first. I'm sure they went to him and said, hey, uh, you got to give up some people. Uh, It's bad. Some things are are cracking down. We need some people. Okay. Here's five priests. Take them. I don't need them. I can go get five more. And there's something to be said because that's, you you basically have one, you have a trained army there at the Vatican itself in Vatican city, but you also have a trained army around the world. So if you can lose five people, right. And then go pick five more people like it's nothing. Like it's just everyday uh, promotions at the, at the old job site. <clears throat> There's something to be said for that. And that's why governments won't go after religion because especially something like 
Catholicism with 1.2 billion people. Now, of course, they'll go after little cults because nobody cares about them, right? Go in, snatch them up, get rid of them, whatever. But you have 1.2 billion followers at your disposal. Now, not all of those will go and do your bidding. Some of them will discern and say, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. But you have enough to cause unrest. So you just take that unrest and you, you manipulate it however you see fit. That's why nobody ever, you don't like, I, the one thing I don't understand is all these priests that have touched these kids, right? You touch my kid, I'm coming for your head. I will have your head on a pike in front of my house like some Vlad the Impaler. I don't care. That's my child. You're not going to do that. And we have yet to see that. We have yet to see the, the sort of killing of these, of these pedophilic priests. And now, I have to ask myself on. why. Hold on. Do you think <clears throat> priests aren't really the problem? I, I think it's the people we appoint to be the priests. It seems mm -hmm. like just having faith in general, having a license to do that is very, very easy to get. I mean, you know me, I'm an ordained minister under the United Church of Bacon, and that didn't <laughs> take that didn't take longer than an hour and a, maybe like an hour and about $45. It, it honestly was pretty simple. It's actually, you can get your ordained license on anything, even in the right. uh, Christian church online. I think now there should be a stricter uh, kind of basis on that of who gets appointed and who is doing that. But then that would exactly like you were saying, where they could go get five more bodies. You can't yep. get five more bodies. If the five bodies that just got used were people that were highly thoroughly looked through and detailed to become right. priests. Right. And the thing is um, a lot of them. So <clears throat> a lot of people don't know this, but if you go into a, into a Catholic church, you'll see pagan, aspects of the church you know and i have friends that are catholic so i don't i don't i'm not i don't take that kind of stuff to friends who believe in certain things i don't do that i'm not that guy i'm not that that jerk that's like you know blah 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 i just watch for myself when i go in places uh but there's all these saints and they have to know these saints they have to know what it is is all you really have to do is have good memorization and the ability to follow and it's kind of, I mean, it's the same thing as a job. The, the Vatican is a corporation with a, with, a, with a CEO being the Pope. You have CFOs. You have, you know, you have all your manager. You have your middle management. You know, they'll just dress it up with archdiocese or they'll dress it up with, you know, this, that, and the third. Uh, so they have a corporate structure. And like you said, you know, it's it's easy to go get five more bodies when those five bodies just need to have good memorization, take a couple tests, right? But let's put it like, say you have five good engineers. We'll say they all get implicated in something. You have to now go out and actively find five other great engineers, go through their background, go through their schooling, go through what, okay, where did you work before? What, why should I pick you as a candidate to say, build this bridge for us? You know, it's not just memorization at that point. It's, it's, can you apply it? And I think if we did the same thing with religious figures, we would have something, but at the same time, you're still not going to negate the sway that these people have. I'm not a fan of organized religion. I never have been. It's trouble. Because when mankind gets religion, and they can manipulate religion, 
that's when people suffer. Instead of having small groups, I, I was, I'm always a big fan of uh, the Bible study groups, the small five or six person groups that can sit and have a straight conversation where nobody is the leader, nobody has sway, people can just ask, actively ask questions, get questions answered, think about these questions, think about the answers, go home, write some stuff down, take it back and say, okay, so I, I, th I thought about this, what do you think about this? Oh, that's a good, I, that's a good, you know, that's a good topic. Uh, let's sit down and research it together without trying to ostracize somebody, because church culture is a mess. You know, I lived it for like a like close to probably a decade to a decade and a half, maybe. Um, and you go in there, and if you don't dress a certain way, if you don't act a certain way, if you don't talk a certain way, you're done. You you could be, you could know the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, everything in it, quoted verbatim. But if you don't have a suit, or you're shabbily dressed. Or maybe you have some poor hygiene issues, you're ostracized because you don't fit that perfect narrative. Right. Even though Christ himself wasn't attractive to look on, even though they'll paint all these pictures to make him look like he's in an action movie, he wasn't attractive to look upon. He even says it in the Bible. But well, we're, we're making past mistakes, I think, is a lot of what it is. But like we were talking about before, detailed reporting, all these types of things that increase security and all this awareness. Right. Why are we not – why are we focused focusing on this and we're always – we're doing it in the wrong aspect of how we should be doing it. If we want to do detailed reporting, we should be doing detailed reporting on systems of government, systems of religion, systems of whatever is involved closest and more personal to us. When you look at religion, anybody that is a fan of religion, Religion, organized religion or non-organized religion that is a personal belief that is something onto them that is why you can never right. really infringe upon it because you feel like you're infringing on that person's rights or how they choose to believe it right. doesn't always mean that's how we have to take it the way we should be taking it is let's report and see what's going on inside of this get a background right. check on some of the people that are affecting these people's right. lives so closely right. so we're making sure we don't get rapists we don't get these types of things involved into the religion and we don't get corrupted people involved into our court systems and our legislation so we can make sure that things actually get fixed instead of creating a worser kind of decline into the inevitable doom is what I'm looking at, honestly. Right. Um, well, it's just, it's difficult because even saying this, it's coming from two people like me and yours perspective. That's not going to mean shit to anybody. No, it won't. Because we're two people compared to how many pe billions of people in the world. But here's the thing. This is why people don't do this. And it, uh, you know, they don't want. Okay, so I, I'm a big fan of eggs, right? I enjoy them. I like to have them, you know, scrambled, boiled, whatever. Green eggs when and you, ham, man. Oh, that's mold, and you're probably going to get sick. But whatever, that's your that, life. That your explains life. <laughs> my sulfuric farts, I guess. <laughs> um, when you when you crack an egg, it all rushes out. I think people are afraid to do the reporting because if they crack that egg, I think they're afraid of what's going to come out. It's not going to be just a simple like, oh, okay, these, you know, let's give the, 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 the pedophile charges. It's not just these five priests that are pedophiles. It goes up to the archdiocese. Oh, now it's going up to a cardinal. Now it goes up to the Pope himself. Oh my gosh, my whole 
belief system is corrupted now because the highest man of the belief system that I implore, the people that the man that we are all as Catholics are supposed to look up to is okay with all this. Now you have a crisis of faith. Think about 1.2 billion people having a crisis of faith all at the same time. All right. There's going to be some, some blood in the streets. There's going to be heads rolling. Let's apply that to the government. Okay. We all live a pretty safe existence here in the States. So you, you have your crime centers, of course, but I don't think people are prepared for the total collapse of a civilization. And I think that's why you have so many people that don't want to start doing this reporting on, on the government and the things they do, the Homeland Security Acts, this, that, and the third, because I'm afraid, because they're afraid if they crack that egg, that it's going to run out. And then everyday things will become a task. It'll go back to 1800s where it'll be a lawless kind of civilization because the government, once the, once all the, the egg runs out, <clears throat> the government will be exposed. People are like, oh my God, you've been doing this, this, and this. And these, I'm not talking about people like us who they label as crazy, even though facts prove us to be 100% correct. The, imagine the everyday person becoming aware of what is going on. Have you had breakfast yet? Uh, no. I was wondering why you were talking about eggs. Because I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. Well, it's a good representation, honestly. That's a good example. Yes. I mean, the concept of we live in a do we live in a very fragile world. People are fragile themselves, and um, we're looking at so much being involved with social media technology. I always try and kind of aim in on this because of the concept of it is giving us a whole new grasp onto information in general. We've went from society, the Bronze Age, Stone Age, whatever we've gone yeah. and now we're in the information age it seems yep. like we're at a period where there's this is the most massively producing um world or age at this time right now we are so much new and brand new awesome technology is coming out but with all this information and all these amazing things that are coming out what is actually getting done you know what's getting done uh, Debbie gets to go to her prom and she gets to look cute on Instagram. That's what's being done. Um, that people, doesn't, but that doesn't affect me. I want, I want no, to know. Doesn't. She I doesn't wanna, care. I want to have faith in life again. I want to have faith in, you know, that the people are going to, you know, wake up and start to, you know, come together again. Things are going to get fixed in the local area, not the new iPhone that comes out, not a new video game that's coming out. I want to be more in tune with humankind. I want to figure out what's going on with all of us rather than what's being going on with, uh, you know, if PlayStation or Xbox, which is the bigger debate. I I have no clue, but I rather care and feel like our time needs to be invested in something else rather than this false, I, I, I guess, God that we've looked up to with technology in a way to make our life so damn comfortable. There it is. There's your answer. You just gave your own answer because our lives are so comfortable. We have that free time to waste. You know, if you look back a hundred years when we didn't have these things, life was different, you know, it's it's easier to care for your fellow man when you're all trying to build a better society. But as soon as that society reaches an apex and you don't need your fellow man to, build, to, to continue, you drop him off. Um, 
Now, folks like me and, and you, we care. You know, I, I, I like helping my neighbor. You know, he's an older gentleman, and I enjoy helping him out when he needs it, him and his wife. They're good people. I, I, I just, I do it because I enjoy doing it. You know, it's, it's awesome to help folks because in turn I've been helped and, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very reciprocal thing, but this day and age, there's nobody that has to worry about where they're going to get their next meal from. Even the homeless don't have to worry about that in the United States. They have shelters for that. Um, we don't have to worry about, well, I got to make sure the wolves aren't going to come and, 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 you know, eat my livestock or I have to make sure this coming whatever this coming winter I got to make sure I have food stored up I got to make sure I have wood stored up got to make sure my house is warm got to make sure my kids don't get sick I got to make sure they're educated uh, I got to make sure my my wife has the necessary vegetables and meats to make our dinner so we have food to eat I have to go to, to town. Town's going to take me a couple days to get to. I got to restock up on provisions. I don't have a car. I have a horse and, and, a, and a wagon loaded up. I got to get back without getting robbed on the way back by bandits. When you don't have to worry about your life 24-7, you become complacent. Until we see, and, and I hate to say this, I really don't like to say it, but I, I think this is going to be the only way you see this happen again. Uh, one of two things is going to have to happen, a national disaster or the inevitable collapse of society, of our civilization, before you will see mankind going, reverting back to helping one another. And it's not because they want to help one another. It's because they have to help one another in order for civilization, for humanity to continue. Well, that's always the example I use is that why is it when a nation goes under severe stress or hard times, such as a, a terroristic threat or something, is the only time we can ever drop the bars on race, politics, all these things yes. to help one another out because yes. we realize there's a bigger problem going on. Yes. And it really puts in the perspective that the things we choose to hold or, you know, give so much credit to, to be stigmatized, such as race or such as politics, these little yes. petty problems don't really mean anything in the big picture when it comes to our lives and people being on the verge of extinction. And it's funny you say that because like you said, like I, you can't, you can't go a day on social media or the or or you know regular media without the subject of race coming up without the subject of politics of of right versus left paradigms coming up um because that conflict issue that you said people like that people like having the conflict and it won't be until society collapses because you know both of us have studied history um i don't know to what extent you have uh, I've studied civilizations, um, past, present, you know, not future because I don't, I, I'm not from the future. Um, you could be yet. Could be, maybe you don't know. You don't know. Um, we're from Mars, bro. I still think about that to this day. Don't, don't keep don't. thinking about it. I, I'm going I'm to I'm have something coming out on that. So I've been doing a little bit of behind the scenes research. Um, but it won't be until the inevitable societal collapse that mankind wants to help one another again. And it won't be because we want to. It'll be because we have to. And we see that now. If we really wanted to help each other out and, and, and do better as a civilization, we would throw away the connotations of race. We would throw away the connotations of this right versus left mentality. And we would, we would, take, we would go to places like um, 
Fox and CNN and MSNBC, and we would grab these, these corporate overlords by their necks and throw them out into the street and bring actual reporting, actual news, issues that affect us out into the open. But we do not and we will not crack that egg because we are afraid of having to do what our forefathers did. There's no, but I, I don't know how many of, of our, the younger generation, and this isn't me trying to just like eh, the younger generation. Um, I don't know how much of the younger generation could actually deal with what the generation of the 1800s had to deal with. You know, kids had to, had to help the family. You had to get up. You had to make sure the farm's good, got chores to do. And I'm not knocking that because now kids are a lot more comfortable. They can be kids, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm for kids being kids. Um, I'll always be for let kids be kids. Don't push all this political gender, whatever nonsense you've got onto a child. Let that child be a child. They don't need your trash. All right. They don't need us giving them the trash mentality. Let a child be a child. And we have hit a point in society where we can actually let a child be a child. We don't have to worry about, um, you know, having to, having to take one bath. And everybody in the family has to take that same water. We can just take a shower, the water drains, we take another shower, so on and so forth. Um, we're, we're, at a, we're at a complacent point in our society. And the, the, the generations, I don't know if they could handle that. And that's not to say that they couldn't pull, their, pull themselves up and, and make it happen. We as human beings are very resourceful and we have pulled ourselves out of situations before. But on a mass scale. Because what you're going to do when society collapses, you're creating lawlessness. You have the technology now to do all of this, right? You have the technology to actually cause uh, murder and death more so now than in any other time in history. Um, so the inevitable your, societal collapse, what happens after that? What is your kind of thought on a divided power? Give me an example of what you're saying. Like we have all these main things that we have been bringing up through the conversation about uh, these giant forces, these people that are running are people like they're rats, you know, have obviously they seem like they're on a higher pedestal than just the common man. Such powerful forces in our government, such powerful forces in any business, such powerful forces. I mean, it could be your own boss, you know. It's the concept of do you think that that power it, much like power it tends to do, it corrupts. It's corrupting people, so why don't we just split the power? We lead our nation under one person. That's too much power for any man. And whether it's run by one guy or a shadow society or not, it's too much for one thing. I believe that everything should be a form of agreement between multiple different parties. First of all, everyone should get their opinion thrown in there. I understand in logistics or whatever you want to say, um, when it comes down to having a bunch of people running, there's going to be a bunch of people swaying different, different sides. But I think that only increases your perspective. I think we need to also get a party that is involved, that is hearing the far right, the far left, and at the same time, still in the middle, just trying to see both perspectives and find a common ground that everyone can agree upon. The problem is trying to get everyone to agree, but also the problem that seems to be more of an issue is the capability of power and the way that our system is run with this power, it is very, very corrupt. It is like taking a moldy penny. It's not easy, easily, I guess, to good to look at, you know, it's, 
there's too much of an issue when it comes to power and who should have it. Who's to say one person should own it and who's to say that it should be divided amongst. I know for one thing in my life, I would never want to be, have any power at all on the concept of, I think I would lose my originality. I think after a while, maybe a couple of years, maybe a little bit down the road, it's going to do what it inevitably always does. And it corrupts. Now, you bring up a lot of good points here. Uh, the first, I, I think the biggest thing we have to kind of go through is the fact that if you start setting up these groups, right, to hold power, and the crazy thing is, I think it would work if you broke up the population. But what you're doing then is you're you're basically giving states country rights instead of states having state rights and then they all report to, to one entity. The problem there is you have all these states. So now say you say you, okay, so say like places like Nevada, Idaho, Iowa, Wyoming. Now they're all countries. They're no longer states. What is to stop them from uniting and then in turn basically revolting taking over the states around them thus you still then you end up having another superpower or you have another war and you have all these skirmishes because the one thing that i think is great about this country about having you know a president about having you know all the states in one country is that you don't see the, the revolutions happening for like, now there's, there's been some crazy things like Texas wants, wanted to become its own country, excuse me, and California wanted to become its own country. Absurdities, right? Because it just wouldn't work out like that. But if you, if you broke all the states up into countries or just broke up the United States into its own, you know, districts, right? You'd have to have leaders of those districts. Those leaders have to sit down with the leaders of the other districts because you're going to have to have, so people in New England are going to need crops. Well, the Midwest is where a lot of that happens. You're going to have to go to the Midwest, the district of the Midwest, and talk to them to have crops shipped into your country. Now that you have just straight countries, they can set up trade blockades. So say people in California have the technology. Well, they need it in the Midwest, but California doesn't like New England because New England did something to them, right? Well, now you have trade blockades. Now you're going to have more war. You're going to have more problems. I think the, I think a good option, if, if it was feasible, okay, if this was feasible, 100% feasible, that means no corruption. And so that's why this is just more of a, a theory than it is an actual, um, an actual thing. I think a one world government would be the best thing for the world itself. And what you would do is, you would have each continent provide for the other continents in a certain way. So Africa, for instance, Africa, you could feed the entire world with Africa. So what you do is you set Africa as being the, the, the food source of the world and you have the food shipped out. I mean, people could still grow their own food and things like that, but you would have Africa be the main source. So then you have the USB, the technological capital where all the technology happens. You have, uh, 
you know, you, you have different things set up for di different districts. And so you would have regions or districts. Um, and then there'd be, you know, uh, leaders there, and then they would all kind of report to the, to a one world government made up of folks from those districts. Uh, I think what the, what the key point of that would be to then consolidate our knowledge. So now instead of uh, the U S and Russia being at odds with each other, because the media tells you to not like them, um, China being open and not having to worry about their, their government doing these social credit programs. Now you have great minds linking together from different cultures. You know what I mean? And so now you, you can make things like space travel very, very possible and very, very much needed. Um, to me, a one world government would be the best thing for us, but, and this is, this is, this is the part where um, I, I get into this part, the corruption, humanity themselves are the reason why it wouldn't work. Because now, if there's any dissension in a one world government, now you basically have to, to put that down immediately. Um, and then you're going to be looked at as the villain. You know what I mean? And, and so there's, there's too many corruption problems, too many corruption issues. But to me, I think a centralized one world government would be the best thing. And I know a lot of folks are going to be like, oh, that's conspiracy. That's crazy. Blah, 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 blah. They're doing it now, George Bush. And I'm just like, if you look at the actual logistics of it and you look at us expanding our, our reach out to the stars and going back into space, which would be the best thing for us, overpopulation, it solves that problem. But you need to set aside differences because this isn't something us traversing space and actually setting down roots and living in on another planet is something I won't see in my lifetime. I know that. I know I won't see that, but I would love to see the beginnings of it. And in order for that to happen, we have to put aside the, the racial differences. We have to put to bed the religious differences, the right and left differences. We need to cohesively come together and make this happen. And the only way to do that would be a centralized one world government because you couldn't do that. There's too many, there's too much red tape in one country to the next. I well, mean, too many moving parts in a right. system that is running honestly not effectively at all. And I mean, I know right. my insight on it is just very minuscule compared to so many others' insights out there, but I believe that it also takes more than one pair of eyes to look at a situation, but yes. we're being structured and created, manufactured, whatever you want to say, to have the same view, to have the same eyes. We're not looking with our own thoughts or feelings anymore. We're basing it off of judgments and claims that are knowledge given to us through a source, and we're all getting it from the same source. So it's going to be pretty it's strange that no one ever brings up the fact that why are all of our points so damn similar because we're looking and getting our information from the same exact thing. Yep. Yep. Nobody's reaching out. I've noticed a, a, a people will get their news from the, the main, <coughs> excuse me, the main corporate entities. Um, but nobody will read books and people will be like, well, why would I read a book to get the news? Because you can study history and see patterns. You can see what the what the media does, and then it's easier to watch because then you're like, I see what you're doing. They've done this before. This way you can form your own opinion. If you can structure your opinion around um, thought rather than emotion, rather, you know, logic rather than emotion, you start to see cracks 
you start to see the shell crack. And bit by bit, you see some of that egg slip out until the yolk has fallen all the way out. That is why we need to, like you said, hold the people that we hold to the highest authority. Um, we need to start doing that with the media. We need to start doing that with um, what they're teaching our children in school. What they're, how they're, because the teachers are raising your children, so to speak. When, when you know, they, they, they got them in school for eight hours a day. What are you teaching them? What are you learning? What are you putting into their brain? I always tell people, make sure you teach your children at home. Because you actually have to undo some of what teachers are teaching your children. You have to undo some of that. Because not all of it is productive, right? Not all of it, you know, I, I'm going to make sure my child knows who Nikola Tesla was. Because I didn't know who that was well until I was a i'd probably say high school or maybe and, and that wasn't even it was that was just like a slight mention it wasn't well until i was an adult that i really got the the, the bread and butter i wrote a paper on tesla nikola tesla uh, that, that man that man when i found out about him in high school was uh definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things made me look at the world a little bit yes. differently wondering if we you want to talk about zigging when you should have zagged Yes, that's, a, that's, a, that's one of those incidences. Yes, um, we wouldn't, me and you would probably be, I probably would have teleported to your place right now and we would have this conversation live. Yeah, we could have had a coffee. Oh, we would have, I would send you a coffee because it would be possible. We that scares the shit out of me too. Because <laughs> I know so many people that I'm friends with that would be sending me the weirdest things. Oh yeah, yeah. You, 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 I would, you would definitely have to have like blockers you know what I mean? On the things that, and then you would have friends that would just send you tedious stuff. You know, like I found this random bottle cap. I'm sending it to you because this is cool. This is cool technology. It's like, I don't um, have any more room for stuff in my house. <laughs> I'm sending you a couch. What? I don't need it anymore. Here. Hey, yo, there's this awesome foosball table <laughs> and I think I want it, but I don't have anywhere to put it. So I'm going to keep it at your house. It's like, you just walk in, there's a foosball table. It's like, I. <laughs> At least I can play foosball now, but I don't have anything to play with. Hold on, I'll be right over. You got to keep running um, to each side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> I keep scoring on myself. This is terrible. I hate this game. Um, but yeah, I, I think in the, like you said, you should have zigged when, or you should have zigged when you zag. Um, what we need to do is unlearn. We need to deconstruct from social media. Um, spend time with your fellow human being. Go have a conversation. Go sit like we're sitting now, albeit over the internet, but have conversations with people. Because to me, like then, and that's why I love your show so much, because that's what you do. Your out of the blank is basically just sitting down with people, every anybody. And I and I got somebody for you to talk to, by the way. And I think it'd be a good fit for your show. And I'll get with you on that here in a bit. Um, having conversation. That's the that's the the start of of uh of fixing society is with conversation having a conversation with with people who are not bullheaded you know these crazy right and left folks that just all they do is get mad about trump when they wake up or they get mad about democrats when they wake up and they just yell all the time at the tv they're the outliers always remember that people they're the outliers they are the outliers the regular folks that do the nine to five that have right and left principles they they will have conversations with you. 
you know, you're always going to get extremes, no matter where you go, no matter who you talk to, he's going to have those, those crazies. And the media will, 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 will show the crazies because they want you to believe that that's what they are. They want you to believe these people, these right and left are crazies. And I've got people on, on, on social media, on the friends list that, that are, that have those kind of like viewpoints, but you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't engage in politics with people that I don't think can handle the conversation. Um, to me, politics and religion are two personal things, unless I can hold the conversation with you without insults, without getting mad. If I can hold that conversation with you, we'll have that conversation. But I think the, the things we need to have conversation, whether it's politics, whether it's religion, whether it's, um, just how's your day going, whether it's, Oh yeah, I got this nice sod. I'm about to lay down here on this grass. I'm gonna have this grass because I'm gonna have my yard looking great next year. I've already got plans for that. That's another show. You have the Christmas lights up yet? Uh, no, those will be up probably within the next couple of weeks. I usually do it about two weeks into November, about the middle I, of November. I had them set up since July, bro. I'm not surprised. Christmas in <laughs> July. It's Christmas, Christmas in every July. day when you walk up to my house. Um, my uh. My pops, he's he's big into Christmas, and so am I by by association. And I love it. It's my favorite time of the year, honestly. Um, so I'll have those up here in a couple of weeks. But uh, but conversation, man, that's really that's it. We need to start having dialogue with one another. Get your face out of the phone. Get your face off of that TV. Get your face away from the game. I mean, it's all it's it's all fun to play games. I love. I you know I'm, I'm a big gamer. I enjoy playing all kinds of games. Um, I, I, I'm playing some PS one stuff. Um, I'll probably play that a little bit when we get off. But the thing is, is like, I like to sit down and have conversations with folks. That's why we have guests on this uncanny earth. So I can get sort of what you believe in the spirit world or what, or what you think conspiracy wise. Robbie here, he just, you get on, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about something. Let's talk about what you want to talk about. And the conversation could go anywhere. Yeah, you I mean, thought before we were going to be talking about what we had an idea was the second coming project. And then we went off onto something completely different. I think the like I, I am jealous of the people that can write a structured list for their show. But it has never been about my personality to be able to do that. Um, the one thing I really don't like about trying to get guests for my podcast is the fact that every time I message somebody, they don't either pay attention or they just are want to get something across that they're trying to promote, which is fine right. to do so, but that's not going to be the basis <clears throat> of a conversation. No. You run into those people in your everyday life that just sit there and go, yeah, I wrote a book. 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 Okay. 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 We get it. Well, you wrote a book, but can we ask like, Hey, how's the weather going? How's this doing? How's whatever just start having a conversation again. It's not as we live in an entrepreneur world, which scares me. Don't send me your degrees. Don't send me your titles. Don't sit, just don't, don't right. Just tell me your name and come on to the conversation. <laughs> it's that yes. simple. Yes. And the amount of people that message like, well, you see what my podcast is about. So are you going to attack me on this? It's like, no, I don't want to attack you at all. I want to have right. a conversation with you and figure out right. like, what do you, what, what are your thoughts? What, what, what can, what kind conversation would happen if we just bumped into each other on the street and right. through that process like you know it's messaging it's doing all these things and i'm so fortunate when i come across like a, a golden person someone that really sticks in my mind which all people do but ones that are out there doing 
um, the things and seeing life from a whole other perspective and also helping out others to getting their things started, such as yourself. I mean, the amount of credit I have to give you to sharing and reposting and getting other people's content out there and creating a more of a positive environment for this stuff where you would see a lot of people in the business industry decide to go in the worst aspect of it and try and belittle or buy out someone's corporation to make sure that they don't become anything because it's all competition. But you see it as a benefit to humankind in general and to the world if we could just all have a voice and opinion out there and really get it out there, but don't force it down someone's throat. Just feel like you want to be heard. Right. Right. And my thing is, um, and, and I've talked to so many folks in the field that I'm in, uh, good folks, and we all have a basic consensus. This isn't a competition. I'm not out to shut down another paranormal podcast. Matter of fact, get at me, link with me, let's build together. I'm a big fan of building together. Um, because this pie that we all are eating is big enough for everybody. There's big enough for everybody to have a slice of. Now, that being said, if I work harder than you and I'm out here getting it in and all you're doing is just lazily doing it, I deserve a bigger piece because I'm putting in the time for that. My time is worth money to me. You know, at the end of the day, I love doing this on Earth. But at the end of the day, I want to get paid for it. At some point, I'm going to get paid for it. And that's not by stepping on other people. That's by building this thing and building this thing and growing and networking with folks so that when I do, let's say, put a book out there or I do uh, a conference where I'm speaking, people will want to pay for that. They'll want to see me succeed and they'll want me to do more and more and they'll give to the Kickstarters for the trips that we take. And and, but then we'll give them the content. We will give them what they love because to me, this isn't something that I want to become a greedy corporate overload with. I don't want to do that. I want to make the money so that I can take these trips so that I can do these investigations so that I can go meet other folks of like-mindedness and meet different people in the field that I'm in. That's what I want to do. And, and maybe, maybe I, I get to live in, in a halfway decent home or, or I get to, you know, enjoy a little bit of the fruits of my labor. But I'm okay if I don't become some billionaire, if I don't become the next Zach Baggins. That's okay with me. I, I, I think that's a great note to end on really is humanness, I guess. I mean, you show it the best aspect with what you do. I think there's so many wonderful things about the uncanny earth. I love the guests that you have on. I love listening Thank to you. your conversations. I love the structure that you do with it, but I love your beneficial attitude towards society. And it does make sense. Like we talk about putting in what, you know, you get in what you put out or you get in what you put in, whatever. Um, it, right. it seems like now we're in a world where the everyone's getting paid the same um, for the amount you put in. Um, I think that creates a lot of lazy people. Um, you know, I'm at fault at times for doing it myself, but I'm damn well sure that this is something I care about. So I'm going to put in all the effort I possibly can losing sleep just to be able to get a conversation on the aspect of, we all have something that needs to be shared and the feedback I've gotten from it has been more than payment enough for me. Um, I, I do appreciate you, dude, at least waking up in the morning and doing this podcast with me. Yeah. And, And the thing is like, I'm glad we got to talk even longer because, you know, I got up this morning at like, I think it was a little after six and I'm like, well, I'm up. Let me get some coffee. I'm going to text him to see if he wants to go ahead and knock, you know, knock this out early. And I'm actually sad that it's coming to an end because I could go on. Like I could literally sit here with Robbie for probably another hour 
talking about a whole bunch of different things. Um, I want to thank Robbie for having me on. Like, you know, the, 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 the connection of two Robs here has been dynamic. Um, but, you know, go, go support him. If he has some merch out there that's floating around, go buy it. Go support what he does because I like what he does. I, I'm a firm supporter of this show because he talks to everyday people. He talks to folks that, that I've never met, but they have different walks of life than I do. And I appreciate that. I like good conversation. And it's people that, that I may never meet in my entire life, but I get their perspective, which helps me build a better perspective of people because I'm not one to follow the media and, and they'll demonize a specific group of people. They'll say, oh, all, you know, all Muslims are this or all white people are that or all immigrants are this, all black people are that. And I love that that gets shattered on a consistent basis that, oh, I, I listened to my, my dude, Robbie, and he, uh, he had this person on and you're demonizing them, but that person is just trying to live their life, you know, just like the rest of us. We're out here trying to, trying to swim in this sea of life, man. And we're trying to, to not have our eggs cracked, right? We're not, we're not trying to have that. We're trying to make society better, but there's so, there's, there's so many sharks in the water. So I want to thank, Robbie for having me on. I'm definitely going to be on again because I love being on this show. It's it's nice to not have to sit behind the boards for a change and not have to, I, like, I, I just get to talk. I don't have to make sure, you know, time and all that. So thank you to Robbie. Support what he does. Support what he does. It's, it's fantastic what's going on with him. Look, man, we agreed on $15, all right? I don't have any more money. No. Listen, listen, listen. Send me the foosball table. We'll call it square. <laughs> well, if Nikola Tesla's running, I could probably be able to do that. But, you know, I do want to end up with an out-of-the-blank note. I do want to say, you said we, we're all one piece of the pie. We're all this pie. What? Yes, sir. What pie, dude? What type are we talking here? Because there are blueberry, some pies. Blueberry. blueberry. I don't blueberry. think I've ever had a blueberry pie. You've never. You're missing out, bro. I had pie for the first time like two years ago. I had pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Pumpkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get blueberry. Go to like try to find an I like if you have an Amish community that's near you, head down. Go get a pie from them. <laughs> Hold on a sec. I'm sorry. That an Amish community just go out and find one. I gotta try and do that. Yeah, because they, they they'll do roadside pie sales. My Hope my neighbor's a Mormon. That, my more uh, neighbor's a Mormon that makes bread. That's a good start. See if they'll make you a pie. <laughs> Will it be the same, or do I have to go full on authentic Amish? I mean, just you want to get a homemade pie because they're not. It doesn't have all the preserves that in it that keeps it for like you know, a long time in a store, get okay. yourself a homemade blueberry pie. They're not as sweet, which is great because I don't like overly sweet cakes and pies. I don't I like I muffins. Think, muffins are all right. Chocolate chip muffins are the best though. Banana Just, nut, bro. Yeah, no, I can't do, I don't like nuts in bread. I don't, I don't do like got, nuts like in a, pies or cakes. Like a peanut allergy. No, I just don't. I, I cause I love peanut butter. I okay. just don't like nuts and cakes or ice cream, or pie, like it just, it's gross. I like nuts by themselves. Handful of walnuts, handful of uh, pistachios by themselves. I don't want your, I don't want it all in everything else. Like I'm good with just, or trail mix, things like that. I had that. to stop eating trail mix because I never used to eat it before, but for like the past six months, um, I started noticing that um, I was getting more aggressive to people 
uh, like when I was out in public, I was getting a lot more of like, I guess, testosterone in me it usually gets burned off in the gym. So I asked my trainer or not my trainer, but one of the managers of my gym. And I was like, have you ever looked up like the core, like correspondence, to eat, like eating more like trail mix and, uh, kind of nuts that increase like male testosterone, like almonds and stuff. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, does that affect like actual levels and stuff? He goes, yeah, you can get tend to be a little bit more aggressive. I'm like, that explains so much. Cause I never used to eat it before. Now someone hops in when I'm doing a set, I'm like, get out of here. I, I start barking at him like a dog. Like, <laughs> I'm like, why is DMX here? DMX, what are you doing? Well, uh, <clears throat> well, Hey Robert, I appreciate you being on the podcast, yes, man. Sir. And I want to yes, give sir. you here a minute at the end, obviously to promote your content. <clears throat> All right. Well, <clears throat> after I clear my throat here, uh, I run a paranormal, supernatural, metaphysical, all that wrapped into one beautiful podcast titled This Uncanny Earth, www.spreaker.com backslash This Uncanny Earth. That's the main site for the show. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all your favorite podcasting locations. Um, <clears throat> this week coming up, we have Ron Lanham and Joe Perdue. They are joining us from the wild and weird West Virginia um, company. I don't, I, I don't know if it's coming. I have to ask them that. But uh, they create a whole bunch of cool artwork, things like that. I've gotten a couple of their prints. Um, two great guys. They got a convention coming up in April that uh, that I will be at. I will be attending. I'll be doing a live podcast from there. So hopefully, some of you folks, if you can, drive on down to West Virginia Logan um, Conference Center, and that'll be next week. Uh, our Thanksgiving episode, we will not have because I want folks to enjoy time with their family. But we're going to leave you guys with a, with a pretty cool Thanksgiving message. I'll probably do it myself after I've ate a whole bunch of turkey and pumpkin pie, so it'll be half tired. Um, but yeah, check us out there. We have t-shirts for sale. Join the official Facebook group, This Uncanny Earth. It's pretty awesome. Robbie's in it. I, uh, if you are out there and you're in the paranormal or you're in supernatural, um, or you want to talk about a religion that you adhere to, let me know. I'll have you on the show, let you give your piece. Um, as long as you don't become confrontational, uh, because I will have a, a, I will have a peaceful discussion in my groups. There will be no shouting and yelling and cursing and things like that. So check that out. Check us out in the group. Uh, if you have a show that you, that you want me to uh, check out, shoot me a link. If uh, I'll promote it as best as I can. And that's really it. Um, trying to think if there's really anything else. There's not really anything else. This Thursday, check us out. Every Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight, Eastern Standard Time. So adjust your time accordingly. Or if you're dealing um, with me, it comes on at like 8 p.m. <laughs> right right um but yeah check us out this uncanny earth uh you know why be boring when you can be uncanny you should definitely check us out i love what i do you'll hear it in my voice when i'm on the show you'll hear it when i talk to guests i love doing it i've had robbie on i've had a, a bunch of other folks on last night i did a interview with lee dickey out of canada he's a uh um he works in the media he works in tv and radio and Robbie, uh, I'll connect you with him because I think he'd be a great fit for your show. I think he'd be fun to have on your, on your, on your show. And <clears throat> you go on his show. He's a he's a really good guy. I really, uh, I really like. It's the second time I've talked to him. I talked to him first about Star Wars, and it's been nothing but a blast. So, this uncanny earth. Google it. Check it out at all your favorite podcasting locations. Well, thanks for being on this episode of Out of the Blank, and stay tuned for our next episode.